Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Greater Alton Church. My name's Tim, if you've forgotten my name, and uh, it's good to be here this morning. <laughs> Man, huh? I'm a fill-in guy. So, but uh, it's good, good it's good to be with you this morning. I don't know if you got the memo. Alan and I did get the memo to wear orange today, so... Um. Now, today I'm starting a new series called Red Sea Rules. It's a little book by Robert Morgan. Uh, it was recommended to me. Um, at first I went, I wonder what this is about, and it covers... Ten different rules that uh, this guy noticed uh, at the Red Sea uh, when Moses and the children of Israel were trapped. Uh, and here comes uh, Pharaoh, and, and he opens up. If you've seen the movie, you know the Prince of Egypt or the Ten Commandments. You'll uh, get the idea of what the Exodus was about. And what I want to do is the next several weeks is to kind of look at this passage. And if you'd like to get that book, it's not very expensive. Just look for The Red Sea Rules by Robert Morgan. And it's a pretty good little book. It's a very small book. That's the kind I like. Big font, small book, easy to read. Um, but some great life lessons in there. there. I don't think there's any pictures. We are going to spend um, uh, several weeks looking at this and looking at these principles. We may not cover all of them, but we're going to sure try to give it a go to cover as many as we can. Have you ever said this? Have you ever said, uh, I'm in over my head right now, or I'm just up, I'm up to my neck and stuff, or I'm just in too deep? You know, what are you talking about? Well, stop and think about it. What you're talking about is probably what I'm talking about. i got problems. i got stuff that's going on, and it just feels like I'm up to here with them, or, or I'm in over my head sometimes, or I, it's just too much, it's, it's too much to handle. Well, the Bible compares problems to language just like that. I looked up every verse in the Bible. This is, you say, Tim, you got a lot of time on your hands. I don't, but I have to make the time. I looked up every verse in the Bible that said Red Sea, the word sea, S-E-A, water, and waters. Looked at every verse, and I noticed over and over again, the Bible uses waters, deep waters, churning waters, dangerous waters, seas, oceans, to refer to problems. Let me give you a couple here up on the screen you don't have on your notes. David said this, Save me, O God, for waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I've come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. Ever said I'm just flooded with problems, flooded with junk. I can't handle anymore. You know, one more thing, and I'm going to drown in this stuff. Uh, here's what David says in Psalms 144. Reach down your hand from on high. Deliver me and rescue me. Look at this. From the mighty waters, from the hands of foreigners. And I noticed when I saw that passage, I noticed David looks like he's referring to an event that happened in Exodus. He's referring to the Red Sea because there's deep waters and there are foreigners. There's the Egyptians. And he's he's almost like he's saying, Lord... Reach down and deliver me like you did Israel and deliver them at the Red Sea. Now, I know you're familiar with the Red Sea. I'm hoping most of you are. Um, you know, the people of Israel are in slavery a long time, for generations. Joseph brought them into Egypt, if you remember, because he was sold as a slave and eventually works his way up to the ranks of being second in command. His family comes, lives there for generations, and he even tells them before he dies, make sure you wrap up my bones and keep them in a place and save them because one day we're going we're gonna to leave. We're going to exit this place. That's what the word exodus means. It means exit. It means to get out, to, to take people out. And so they've been in slavery a long time, and finally the time comes. God hears the prayers of His people. He hears what's going on. He sees the suffering. He sees the trials. No longer is Israel popular. No longer they liked. They're actually hated in this particular nation. Boy, that sounds scary, doesn't it? Here we live in the United States where Christianity is getting more hostile and hostile towards Christianity. And I pray we never get there. I hope we never have to hide in in basements and in places to worship. But um, it's not outside the will of God, folks. It really isn't. It happens to Israel here. They're, they're in bondage for years. And then finally, God sends a fellow by the name of Moses who's drawn out of the Nile. God uses Moses to draw out his people from this this tyranny, this slavery, this stronghold, this bitter place. Of Egypt, And so the people are excited. I mean, they've been set free. 
In fact, and there's reason for that, because they've watched the ten plagues happen right before their eyes. And Egyptians are saying, just get out of here. Here, take this with you. Take this gold, this silver, some food. Take some things. Take my stuff. Just get out of here as fast as you can. And so they're leaving with their hands full, like they've been to Walmart. And then, I mean, they're like, man, I've got, look at all the stuff I got. And it's not cheap stuff, like Walmart. I mean, it's good stuff. And they're leaving, and they're, by the, and by the way, over a million are leaving Egypt. And they're, and on top of that, there's a cloud in the daytime that's in front of them, and they follow this cloud, and then at night, there's a pillar of fire, a Shekinah, which is really, both are referring to the presence of God. So God is with them and leads them out. And I read where one guy said, it's believed that at that time, because of the ten plagues and some things that had happened, flowers were blooming everywhere in the desert. So they're leaving and it's like, you know, remember Wizard of Oz when they're, and they're skipping and through the poppies and, and it's just beautiful. It's like everything's going great. Well, guess what? It doesn't last very long. It goes from this euphoric, wow, we're out of here. And God decides to change something. He decides to lead them, not just out of Egypt, but lead them to a place that's going to involve Egypt again. And you can see this in chapter 14, verses 1 through 2, up here on the screen. It says here, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, and look what it says, to turn back. They were getting as far away from Egypt as possible, which would have made everybody happy, right? Uh, yesterday, we're watching Reese set a new school record at McKendree. Most touchdowns, most yards in a game. And the referees are throwing flags right and left. And one of the refs gets up and goes, and it's obvious it's their defense you know, the other teams that had done this personal foul, 15-yard penalty, and a guy gets up and goes, personal foul, number 55 on the offense, and the crowd goes, and you see all the other referees running in going, whoa, 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 no, 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 Uh, correction, Uh, I'm sorry, Uh, defense, and I go, want to get away? I yell it real loud, everybody busts out laughing, southwest, you know, and 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 so here's what and this is what's going on it's like you know he says turn back and he turns them from this in other words from getting away from all their problems they want to put as many miles and distance don't you want to get away from your problems don't you want to get away from your past don't you want to get away from your mistakes i sure do and the more distance the better god says well we've traveled far enough it's time to turn another way into another problem huh yeah, another problem. I want you to go, I want you to go to this place. It says, I want you to turn back and encamp near Pi Hatheroth between Migdo and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite of Baal Zephon. God wants them to backtrack. And when they backtrack, they turn around and they're heading back toward Egypt. Could you just imagine what the Egyptians or the uh, Israelites are thinking? What are we doing? Where are we going this way? That's, Last time I checked, that's toward Egypt. Well, God's wanting us to go this way. And where are we going now? It's, we're going this way. We're going, I don't know, we're going to some specific place and they're noticing the mountains on the left and mountains on the right and there's the Red Sea in front of them. Uh, this is not good. What are we doing? We can't go any further. This is a perfect place for an ambush. And sure enough, here comes some scouts. Moses, there's chariots coming, Egyptian chariots. Over 600 chariots are coming with the Egyptian army. And Pharaoh looks like he's got a good grump going. And this doesn't look good. And you can just see the Israelites going, what is going on? We're trapped again. We're trapped again. We were trapped in Egypt, and now we're trapped again. What is going on? Why is this happening? You ever felt like that? You're hemmed in and you're trapped? You can't go, you can't go left, you can't go right, you don't know what to do? You've got to deal with it? Somebody has died, you've got to deal with it? You've got a pink slip, you've got to deal with it? You've got a bill, you can't pay, you've got to deal with it? You made a mistake, you, you, you said something you shouldn't have said, did something you shouldn't have, shouldn't have done, and it wrecks the relationship, and you can't get out of it. You can't, you can't explain it. I'm thinking of Elizabeth Warren, how hard she's trying to explain things, and it's just not working for her. 
And how many times have you felt like, I'm trying to, I'll, if I say this, this will, no, it just makes it worse. Oh, how many times Denise has said to me, stop talking, you're only digging yourself deeper. And that's where they're at. Why is this happening? Why has that happened to me? Why don't God get, get them out of there? Well, wait a minute. Why won't He get me out of my stuff? Well, I got news for you this morning. I realized something when I was reading this passage, folks. That God does want to get me out. He wants to get me out of some things. Because He wants to take me to something better. He wants to take me out of, I could get real cute here, bitter, to get to something better. You know, so you can remember it maybe. But I mean, I thought about this. And it's like, He just took them out of this slavery and bondage, but He isn't done with them. It's, there's a journey that's taking place. And yes, it means He wants to lead me out of... I mean, what problem you wish God would just get you out of? That you do want to get away. God, take me out of this. Take me out of this habit. Help me overcome this stronghold. Help me deal with this problem. I don't know how to deal with this person. I've got a disease. We're praying. Sherry's telling me about somebody that's 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 uh, close to her. They're going to get. They said that we'll give you a. We'll be able to accomplish partial remission. What does that mean? What does that mean? You know, I don't know if you know. Jenny's dad, Wayne, is at Alt Memorial right now. He's got some AFib issues going on right now. Right now. Why is this happening? You know, Paul has got his laptop. You know, he's running around. He's trying to answer stuff. He's dealing with stuff. It's his father-in-law. We got this stuff happening all the time. Parents die. Kids die. Friendships end. I'm just thinking about me. I got audited three times in 2013. Three times. Ridiculous. And I remember saying to myself, why is this happening to me? Well, I've learned something. That on this journey that you and I are on, where God is constantly taking us out of something, He's also leading us to something. And in this journey, I've learned, and learned, still learning, that I'm rarely free of difficulties. They're just going to be there. Have you figured that out yet? It's taken me a while. They're always going to be there. See, I know everybody here, we have something in common. You and I are either getting ready to go into one, or we're in the middle of one, or we're just coming out of one, only to get into another one. Doesn't that just excite you? Tim, is this what, what are you talking? You're finally getting a pulpit and you're going to talk like that. Well, it's the truth. We got to deal with it. You've got to deal with it. Why, God? Why is it that I have to face difficulty? Is it your will that I face tough stuff? Yes. Let's just deal with it. The elephant in the room. Yes, it's his will. He takes Israel out of a big mess. The same God, same pillar of fire, same same God that did all the miracles, same God that brought Moses, same God that was in the burning bush, leads His people out of a mess right back into another one. I don't like that. I don't like that. That's not my plan. Why doesn't God just zap Pharaoh as He's thinking, here's what we'll do, we'll get some chariots. Yeah. You know, somebody's getting right something nasty about me on Facebook. Yeah. Why doesn't God do that? Sometimes doesn't he? Doesn't he intervene? Yeah, I think he does, and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he allows it to happen. Well, maybe God isn't doing it to him. Maybe it's my decisions. Well, there's a good admission. Way to go. All right, we're getting somewhere. Sometimes, yeah, it's not God doing it. He doesn't, yeah, I don't need his help. I'm running right into a brick wall by myself. Well, what about that? You're saying your God would might lead me to that? He allows it. How many times have you, your kids, stop picking on the dog. <laughs> stop picking on the dog. Oh, he's going to bite you. <laughs> Well, there you go. 
You learned something, didn't you? You stopped picking on the dog. They have, there's consequences. See, I don't know what you're going through right now. I know you may be going through something bitter. Maybe illness is pursuing you like 600 chariots. Maybe there's something emotional going on or a stronghold or something going on. And it's like those mountains that are surrounding you and you're just overwhelmed with all you've got to deal with. Or maybe you're looking at the churning ocean like David and goes, Lord, you've got to come down here and help me out of this because I'm, I'm in over my head. I don't know what you're going on, what's going on, but I'll say this to you. There is a reason you're there. There is a reason it's happening. Your hand, God's hand, you're there for a reason. And I want to just remind you, if you're in something right now, to remember, because this is what I'm having to do. I'm having to do this, folks. That God is taking you to something better. If you're going through something, you know, I can endure it. Listen, I remember one time, you know, back in the 60s when air conditioning was optional in cars. Some of you can remember in that station wagon driving 97 degrees and the windows are down. Someone said, what kind of air conditioning system you got? I got a 455. I roll four windows down and I go 55 miles an hour and there's my air conditioning. <laughs> okay. And, you know, and you're thinking, I can't take this. Like, or you're standing in line at six flags and going, man, I can't take this line. <laughs> but you know what makes it worth it? You know, you're getting somewhere. You're going to get somewhere. And I don't know what you're going through right now. It's real difficult, but I want you to know it isn't going to last forever, first of all. It's it's going to pass, and hopefully you're going to make some progress to get where God's trying to take you, because He wants to take you to something better. And so you can find encouragement in this series. I hope you find some hope in this series, and you can bring your friends that need to hear something like this in this series. What what do I do when life is difficult? What are, what is this? What should I learn? I guess, or what should I? believe when I'm going through a tough moment. Well, first thing I need to believe, this is from the Red Sea here, I believe God brings me to it. And I've made that point pretty clear, but I want to, I want to deal with it some more. Because a lot of times, guys, folks, we believe God brings me to it. We get mad at God. But it's out of love He brings us to those things. Look what the Bible says. Again, God's trying to get Israel out of Egypt. And as He's getting out, getting out of Egypt, He says, He says to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi Haroth between Migdol and the sea. They are to camp by the sea directly opposite Baal Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land of confusion, hemmed in by the desert. By the way, is that true? No. They're being led by God. People are going to think you're, you're messed up when you follow Christ. The world's going to not understand what you're doing. And so you know, they'll think that, hemmed in by the desert, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will, listen to this, but I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all of his army. And the Egyptians will know, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Boy, I'd underline that. So the Israelites did this. What'd they do? They did what God said. They obeyed what God said. I think about Proverbs 16, 9. It says something like this. A man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And you know, I want to tell you something. <laughs> when I plan my week, I do not plan for problems. I don't plan to have them. Is anybody else like that? I mean, last week, I'm thinking, okay, I'm getting back in the pulpit. i got to get ready, man. I'm, I'm going to hit it hard. Boy, I mean, Monday morning, I'm reading every verse I can find. I'm looking at my Bible crazy, writing down notes and stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, now Tuesday and Wednesday, i got to go put in glass. So I go put in glass Tuesday, and I put in glass Wednesday, knowing Thursday, I've really got to get start getting this thing figured out. i got to, you know, I've got a plan. i got this going on. i got that going on. And someone calls in sick. And my wife comes to me, and, I know, and Denise hates giving me bad news. Tim, what? Uh, so-and-so called in sick. What? Somebody called in sick. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I don't have time for this. 
and wah, 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 wah. I'm really showing how mature I am. I can't believe this. And I'm looking over to see if she's listening. She's already gone. Because she's bored with it. She's heard it over and over and over. You ever had that happen? My, my food is cold. What is, let's pick stuff that's simple. My food is cold. I had my car fixed and there's a, a little scratch here. Oh, I'm sorry. That happened last week to me. <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is that you got all kinds of, you, uh, or I planned this, this tonight I was going to watch football and watch. Somebody's got a problem. They want to call me and why? I'm planning on getting married at this age. I'm going to get a job at this age and I'm, I'm going to have this much money. I'm going to, and it, does it go the way it's planned? I thought it was the Gill curse. I found out there's other families that have it. The same curse. We live in a broken world. And my plans when I put them together already got cracks in them. They're not going to work out. And I don't say, okay, Wednesday I'm going to have this happen. And Friday, one of my installers is going to cut his knuckle and have to get three stitches and he won't be able to work for ten days. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that happens. We don't plan like that. God does. God does. He plans like that. You say, I don't know, Tim. We just saw him go, turn this way and go over here where you're not going to be able to get out. Because I'm going to do something. It's important I get something done. I want Pharaoh and the Egyptians to know I'm the Lord. And so, I'm going to do something over here, but you're going to have to go through it. For it to take place. I don't know, guys. I just, I look at that and go, wow, God plans it. He says, I have a plan. We're going to turn this way. Israel goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not on my schedule. That's not on my plan. I didn't plan this. And what do they do? They start griping about leadership. Hang on. Hello. They start griping about leadership. Moses, aren't there enough graves in Egypt that we have to die out here too? What are you doing? They blame leadership. Well, that's so easy to do. Just blame a leader. In this situation, there wasn't a leadership problem. Now, I know there's times when leaders ought to be, yeah, wait a minute, you're way off. We're human beings. But in this situation, it wasn't a leadership problem. It wasn't even Moses' idea. All Moses was doing was, whatever you say, Lord. Because when I put my hand in my coat and I pulled it out, I thought it was going to fall off. And when I put the snake, I didn't want to grab the snake. And man, I don't want to mess with you. What do you want done? And I want you to know our leadership here is more and more becoming like this. We don't want to screw up what God's trying to do. And so here, who's doing this? Who's doing this? It's the Lord that's leading them. The same pillar and the same fire, same same uh, same pillar, fire, and cloud that led him out of bondage is leading him into another burden. Why? Well, it's the same reason he led Joseph into a prison cell. It's the same reason he took King David and put him before a giant and had him running from his family. It's the same reason that a prophet named Jonah, who was stubborn, had to go take a submarine trip. It's the same reason the disciples who knew all about storms had to have a storm they'd never experienced before. And it's the same reason God's own Son had to go to a cross. The very same reason. He needed something done. See, it's not about what I want to see done, but what God wants to see done. And so he brings me to these difficult moments. And by, I sound so confident. I'm going to tell you, I'm scared to death of difficult moments. I hate them. Sheila's right, you know, right, cuz? I mean, I just, I'm messed up. When I see, when I see difficulty, I want to run. And God's like, okay, Tim, you keep running. I'll hem you in where you can't run. And sometimes, guys, our stubbornness gets us in more trouble. You say, well, why is that? Why is that? Because God's, you're leaving God very little choice. Denise told me one time she never got a spanking. I found that hard to believe because she could give them. Man. 
I said, you sure know how to do it then. Well, all my dad had to do was unbuckle, just go for it like he's unbuckling his belt. And I'd do exactly. I said, my dad had to unbuckle it, whoop, put it back on, take it back off, whoop, put it back on. He got to where he just hung it on a nail. He goes, I don't know why I wear that thing. God have to do that to you and me? Sometimes. Because we're just so stubborn. We do, and, and we fight it when He brings us to it. We fight it. Look at it says here. Where's what Peter said? Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. You ever felt like that when you got a problem? God, why don't you do something? Like He's not doing anything? He said, Peter said, don't assume that. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick What? In the very thick of what Christ experienced. You're right where I want you. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. Now that just sounded like this is a journey that's going to take you to someplace better. Did you catch that? That God's got something better. So why does God bring me to difficult things? He brings me to difficulty for a reason. It's for my preparation. And there's four ways God uses tough moments. There's four ways He uses it. There's probably others, but here's four I noticed, okay? I've noticed, okay? And, and um, the first one is, my difficulties will reveal my weaknesses. You want to know how strong you are? Have a problem. It says here in Psalms 106, our ancestors, David said this, our ancestors in Egypt did not learn from your miracles. They did not remember all your kindnesses. So they turned against you at the Red Sea and they did rebel. They forgot. What? Why? Because there was a problem. They didn't see a way out and it exposed their lack of faith. It exposed their whiny spirit. It exposed their, the level of their pain tolerance. Last week we had a dinosaur train. And you know, I got to drive a little bit. And you know, when there's a kid in there that's kind of giving it to you, you drive a little faster over the bumps. <laughs> Sorry, I just couldn't help it. Hey man, this is lame. Lame, you want lame? Ooh, I'm going to die. That's right. And I looked on YouTube how to build these things, you know, how to build a dinosaur train. And there's this old farmer and he's in there, okay, I'm going to show you how to build a dinosaur train and he's showing me how to weld everything and he says now if you weld this right because you're probably going to have 70 pound kids in there I think there was a few that were pushing above 70 pound trying to get in these things okay he said but if you do it right it'll hold those kids it it will it's the the weld should hold 70,000 pounds so I did exactly I did these blind welds and stuff and I'm not the greatest welder in the world well we got to test it we put in the first load of, and I put my grandkids in there. And we drive around real slow and nice, you know. And I'm thinking, okay, it's going to work okay. Let's try a little faster, a little faster. And we kind of whip them around a little bit. Heads are wobbling, you know, kind of funny. And kids are screaming for their mommy. I think we got it. I think it's got it. But, but it was stress that revealed how strong or weak something was. I had my, I had all these hood ornaments I cut out meticulously with a, somebody asked me if I used a laser cutter to cut these things. I said, no, I used a jigsaw. Man, you're talented. That's right. You know? And we put on hood ornaments, you know, I used a old plywood from the fifties. It's got like 30 layers of wood, not like three today, you know? And so I put them on there. I got screws holding them in and two of them, two of our dinosaurs went the way of extinction within 15 minutes. Right off they went. I realized, note to self, not strong enough. You know, I'm going to have to get those a little stronger if I want to do that again. Stress reveals weakness. I find out what I'm made of when I face adversity. You find out what you're made of when you face adversity. So the question I want to ask you to ask yourself is this. What weakness is my difficulty revealing? What weakness, when you say, I'm stressed, well, what's it revealing? What weakness? Because God wants you to see that. He wants you to face that. The second thing is my difficulties will shape my character. They actually shape the person I am, who I am, who you are. Therefore, since we've been made right, the Bible says in Romans 5, been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us because of our faith. 
Christ has brought us into this place. Did you see that? Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. It sounds like they're leaving Egypt. We we can't wait to see what God's got for us. Flowers are blooming. It's wonderful. My faith is strong. And then he says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Huh? You can rejoice too when you run into problems and trials. After you've got me to this place? Yeah, and where I'm taking you is going to have problems and trials. Didn't Jesus say, in this world you will have trouble? He said that to followers. If you're following Christ to get out of trouble, He gets you out of your biggest problem, your sin problem. But he hasn't, you're not going to avoid all problems because He's going to work on you. He's wanting to shape your character. Look what He says. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. See, we, we reach difficulty. God leads us to difficulty out of love for us. He wants us to grow. He wants us to develop. Because He's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. Because we're going to need God's presence when we face difficulty. Listen. Listen to me this morning. This is very important for some of you to hear. Your character, the character you have now, has been shaped by how you've been handling all the stuff, the junk that's been going on in your past. The kind of character you got right now is has been shaped and formed by that. And God is not done shaping you. He's not done changing me. That's why you can take two people, put them in, they have the same problem, but they have, they approach it two different ways. Because one's character has been shaped a little differently than the other. Good or bad. So here's the question I want you to ask yourself. What is God trying to shape in me? What, what, what's He trying to change in my character? What's He trying to develop in me? What's He trying to do? Because I'm in that difficulty. He's led me there to help me change. Again, Red Sea revealed... The Israelites' weaknesses, it was there to shape their character because when they see that ocean, they see that sea open up, it helps them trust the Lord again. It strengthens their faith. That's the third thing. My difficulties can strengthen my faith. Notice I said can. Sometimes they don't. If I don't respond to them properly, they don't strengthen my faith. They just discourage me and I want to quit. See, here's something I noticed I I thought was interesting. Israel needed to trust God again. Again. They trusted Him when they left Egypt, and now they're getting ready to face the Egyptians again, and it's time to trust God again. To obey God again. That's a good question to ask yourself. Am I trusting God I need to trust God again somewhere. Look what it says here in Hebrews 5. Even though Jesus was the Son of God, He learned obedience by what He suffered. Because of His suffering, He learned to obey God. He learned what it means to obey God. What it means to do what is right when you don't want to do it. What it means to do what God wants when you don't want to do it. But it's just right. So the question, ask yourself, where do I need to trust God again? Instead of giving up, Instead of quitting, where do I need to trust God again? Number four, my difficulties are opportunities to glorify God. This is a big one. When I go through a trial, when I go through something, how I carry myself in tough times can help bring people to Christ. To help lead people to God. It is a big part of how I influence people. Notice it says in verse 3 up here on the screen, So the Egyptians will know that I am God. Why is he doing this? Why is this difficulty happening to me, to Israel, to God's people? So the Egyptians can know that I am God. I want them to know I'm God. And so I, how I handle stuff. You see this throughout the Bible. Jesus on the cross. Remember the centurion? He sees the way Jesus dies, and what's he say? Surely this is the Son of God. His faith changes. This Roman goes, that's got to be the Son of God. Why? Because he's never seen anybody die like that on a cross. 
Usually they're fighting it, insulting like the thieves. This guy is asking God to forgive them. This guy is talking tenderly to his mother and to one of his disciples. The way he's carrying himself through this man, it's attractive. You follow me? Look at Philippians here, what Paul said. My dear friends, I want you to know that what has happened to me has happened to spread the good news. Well, what's happened to Paul? Well, he got a break. Uh, somebody noticed him speaking, and he got a break to speak in public. Is that what it was? Or he got a, he won the lottery? What happened to him? He got beaten, shipwrecked, abandoned. He had to run from people. He got rejected. And he says, what's happened to me has actually helped promote the good news, helped spread it. So next time you're going through a difficult moment, guys, I'll tell you, can I tell you something? A couple weeks ago, I'm putting in a windshield for a gigantic, ginormous bus, and it won't go in. And I'm making a fool of myself in front of Stephen and this other fella. I'm throwing a fit. I can't believe it's not going out. I'm thinking, what, what am I doing? It's a stupid piece of glass. And I'm not carrying this difficulty very well. How do you think that influenced both of them? How do you think that worked? Think that encouraged them to believe in God? To trust the Lord? I was a fool. And I'm going to tell you, church, you know, the way we handle little, little things... We could talk about the big things, but just all these little annoying things. We whine, complain, cry about stuff. I'm not talking about the big stuff. I'm just talking about the little stuff. It shows how weak we are, and it destroys. It just destroys these moments we could be influential to our family and to our friends. So ask yourself this question. It's a yes or no kind of question, I guess, here. Does my response to difficulty promote the gospel? Does it promote the gospel? Or what kind of response would promote the gospel? That's my first point. And I know I'm, it's 11, a little bit after 11, so let's breeze through the next two. So the first thing is I must believe that God brought me to it. He brings me to it. It's difficulty is a part of the process that God uses to refine me and change me. Number two, I believe God is with me while I'm in it. I don't know about you, but a lot of times I think God's left. He's left the building like Elvis. He's left the building when things don't go well. Like when things go well, God is with me. But how many times have you seen, you read about people in the Bible going through the ringer, but the Lord was with them, but the Lord was with them, but the Lord was with them. Here in Exodus 14, look at this passage here up on the screen. Then the angel of the Lord, an angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel throughout the night. The cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. If you notice the passage on your notes, it says the pillar of cloud was always with them during the day and the pillar of fire was always with them at night. And when things went sideways, God didn't leave. When things didn't go like they planned, God didn't take off. Praise God. Praise God. How many times have you went, I bet you God just He's moved on to somebody else. You know, when, when the, listen to me, listen church, when the health goes, when the money goes, when the security goes, when the relationships go, when the, when the peace goes, when the, the, the freedom goes, God stays. He sticks around. He doesn't go anywhere. Many years later, David would be going through the ringer and he says this, I look behind me and, and you're there. Then up ahead, and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. It's just too much, too wonderful. I, I can't take it all in. How many times you said, it's just too much. It's just, I can't take it. It's just too much. But you're not referring to the presence of God. How many times I go, I can't take this. Uh, not one more thing, and I'm going to explode. I'm like David. Nothing like David. He's talking about the presence of God. It's just too wonderful to comprehend. It's too incredible. It overwhelms me. 
And maybe if, maybe if I would try to incorporate this attitude and say, Lord, you know, instead of being surrounded by all my problems, I'm surrounded by you, just maybe I can handle the difficulty in front of me. Because you've never left me. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Jesus said to his disciples, I will be with you always to the end. To the end. He doesn't leave early. He's always there. Remember that. Sometimes you've got to choose to believe that when you're facing trouble. And the third thing is, I believe God will lead me through it. Like I said before, I believe that problems are temporary. They just feel eternal when you're in them. (laughs) Right? They just last longer than you want them to. But they last as long as God needs them to. In His time, He knows when to open the sea. At His moment. What does it say in Romans 5? At just the right time, when we were still powerless... Christ died for the ungodly at the right time. God's got great timing. Jesus saying, kill me, and I'll come back in three days. It wasn't a week later. It wasn't a day early. Right on time. And God knows when it's time for you to move on. Got to believe that, church. You've got to believe that. Look at the Bible says here, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. The Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a water on their right and on their left. God leads them to it. And like we've heard, and He leads them through it. And He, whatever He leads you to, He'll lead you through. You'll get through it. Asaph says this in Psalm 77, and I think he's thinking of the Red Sea. The Red Sea was a very... It was almost like the resurrection is to the Christian. The Red Sea was to the Jew. They went back to this miracle and went, there's a lot here to live by. And look what he says. Your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. They had no idea. Nobody else knows it's there. And you may, you may not see that path. But when it's time, God will reveal it to you. He opens that path when it's time. See, they didn't see the way out. You know what I notice about Israel? They're so focused on the, on the danger that they don't notice any deliverance. They're so focused. And listen, I, I, I say this to me. Guys, we live sometimes so focused on problems that we can't see any pathway. We're not even open to a pathway. Somebody will show us a scripture. Somebody will encourage us. Here's how you need to address that. I don't want that pathway. I want some other way. And God says, this is the way I've chosen for you. And it's only when I listen and I look to God will I be able to calm down and see that path. To see that way out. For God promises a way out of your troubled waters. Listen to this passage in Isaiah 43. This is what the Lord says. He is the one who made the road through the sea. Even through rough waters, I think even through the toughest stuff, He made a path for His people. Again, I don't know everything everybody's going through. I know some of you are going through some rough stuff. There's a path waiting to open up for you. Trust the Lord. Believe He brought you to it. Believe He's with you in it. And believe He'll get you through it. And church, He will deliver. Matthew 8. I just look at this passage because it's Jesus. He didn't change. God didn't change. When they go through this storm, the disciples go through the storm, it says the men were amazed. They said, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the sea obey Him. And I've got good news for you this morning. The wind and the sea still obey the Lord. They still are under His Lordship. The tough times you're going through are under the Lordship of Jesus. And when it's time, He will get you through it. That next verse in Matthew 8, verse 28, it says this, When they arrived to the other side, 
You know, they broke the chapter. In other words, they did get to the other side. And God will get you to the other side if you'll trust Him. Andrew Murray, he was a prominent Christian speaker uh, in Europe and in America. They called him the minister to the missionaries. And uh, one day in 1895, he had suffered a severe back pain from, a, from an accident that had happened in Africa. He penned these words of encouragement in his journal shortly after that while in pain. Here's what he said. In time of trouble, say first, he brought me here. It is by his will I am in this straight place. In that I will rest. Next, say this. He will keep me here in his love and give me grace in this trial to behave as a child. Then say this. He'll make the trial a blessing teaching me lessons He intends me to learn, and working in me the grace He means to bestow. And last, make sure you say this, in His good time, He can bring me out again. How and when? Only He knows. Therefore, say this, I am here by God's appointment, in His keeping, under His training, for His time. Good words to live by, church. Good words to live by. Let me ask you, are you going through a sea of trouble? You, you know, I, again, I don't, I don't mean to belittle. I, I, t- I tell you my little bitty problem, you know, my little stuff here. You know, but I mean, I know some of you got huge stuff going on. You got conflict in your family. I know that. You got health issues going on. You, some of you are trying to grieve through the loss of a loved one, and it's just hard to do. And I see you come in, and it's weighing down on you. Some of you here, you're still looking for a job. And it's like, how come I can't find a job? There's a reason. There's a re- yes, there is. There's a reason. Don't shake your head at me. There's a reason why you're having the trouble you got. And God has led you to it. So believe. Believe He's going he's to use it to change you. Believe He's going to use it in this process to eventually take you to a place of glory. What do you need to do this morning? Where do you need to trust Him this morning? You've got a little card in your, in your bulletin. And maybe you haven't filled out a card in a long time. Maybe it's time you fill that out again. And there's something you go, you know, this lesson has touched me here. I need prayer to believe this. This is hard for me to accept. This is hard for me to do. You're probably not alone. No, probably you are not alone. Somebody else is doing the same thing. Why not let some people pray for you? And let's learn together. Let's learn together these rules at the Red Sea, these principles that can really turn our difficulties into great blessings. I'm going to pray, and we're going to sing a song, give you a chance to fill out your cards. And then we'll sing another song, take up those cards and, and, um, along with your contribution. And then we'll have, be the end of our services. May God bless you today. May God bless you as you face the difficulties. As you face them. To face them with greater faith and greater confidence that He is with you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning, Lord, and thank you for probably a timely lesson, Lord. I just think about, you know, we all have, Moments, and maybe some of us here more than others, we're facing something, Lord. Father, we love the idea that you take us out of stuff. We just don't like the idea of you bringing us into something again. And you know, just like the Egyptians, Father, you, you took Israel out of Egypt and then only to bring them back into, into confronting them with the Egyptians again. And Lord, um, it seems like some difficulties and some problems just keep reoccurring. Would you help us believe there's a reason that you're bringing us to it? Father, we, we pray you help us 
trust your plan? What weakness, what weakness are you trying to reveal? What are you trying to shape? Father, where's my faith need strengthened? And Father, would you help us, help me, help us all here, Father, recognize those opportunities that when we're at our worst, you seem to, can be, you can do some of your best work then. Help us cooperate. Help us cooperate with your Spirit and respond to difficulty in a more positive way. Thank you for being with us all the time. Thank you for not bailing, Father. When I think about, and when we think about, Father, that you're there all the time, it is too much, and it is too wonderful, and we do want to take it in. Thank you for being with us during some of the toughest times in our lives. You showed yourself through a friend, a family member, through your Holy Spirit, through your Bible. Wow, thank you. And Father, um, would you would you help us believe? Help because of our we're, we're we're such an unbelieving people. Help us believe that you're taking us to something better. That will embrace this process that involves facing things and going through things that we don't like. Father, pray for Wayne. Pray for what's going on right now at Alton Memorial. We pray that you you take care of him, Father. Father, we pray for those that that are hurting. I pray for those hurting in this church right now that are just struggling. Father, um, don't take the struggle away. Show them through that struggle. Show me through mine what you've shown Israel, what you've shown so many of us over and over again many times. We praise you, Father. Thank you for this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.